Sit down, strap in, and granny put your teeth in your pocket. Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport. The leader in motorsport safety starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Lead Lap Radio. We are back for another show. My name is Tom Baker. I am joined in the Race Chaser studio tonight by Randy Miller from the Inside Pass. You can hear the Inside Pass on Spreaker on Wednesday nights here from the Race Chaser studios. If you download the Spreaker app and just uh, go to the Inside Pass, Randy and I will uh, regale you with some more race talk on Wednesday nights from 8 to 9 Eastern. And this week's guest on that show is... Blake Harris. Blake Harris. That's right. We're talking dirt Wednesday night. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, Anyways, we have a couple of guests on this show as well. Chris Murdoch is not a guest, but he is our producer. He is over across the hall here behind the glass. I can be a guest if you want me to. Punching punching buttons uh, on both the audio and video side as the master of disaster over there. Or master of preventing disaster, <laughs> say, I guess. Is hopefully he prevents it, doesn't cause it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we do have a couple of guests. We're going modified racing tonight. As uh, we get into the show a little further, we're going to have both Doug Kobe and Justin Bonsignor on, not at the same time. That would be too much fun. But uh, we are going to have both of them on separately to talk modifieds. Of course, they are the two most recent winners on the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. Doug got his win at Seekonk, and Justin got his win at Thompson. And then, um, so they're they're both going to be on. And we're going to also keep you up to date on what's going on uh, in the NASCAR race at Michigan. If you're watching it, that's okay. Just turn the sound off. We're much more exciting than the TV crew. Um, and listen to us and uh, enjoy the race. But um, we'll keep you updated regardless. And uh, we'll also talk about IndyCar, and we'll talk some F1 as well. IndyCar was at Texas. They had a thriller of a finish, and F1 had another penalty. Um, So we got more nonsense to talk about with F1 uh, a little later on. And we're going to talk Cars Tour. They had a thrilling finish as well, Uh, and it it ended up being a big win for Deke McCaskill. So we'll uh, tell you about that as the show goes on also. So a lot to cover here. we, we had a triple header for NASCAR, but um, we had only two-thirds of that in Michigan. Of course, one-third of that going on as we speak. A triple header over four days. Yeah, over four days. Uh, the trucks were at Texas, and I want to start the show with a, a couple of things here. First of all, I want to go around the table. Um, NASCAR truck race at Texas, I thought was a very interesting race and I, I I really feel like it just accented once again the idea that the Gander Outdoors Truck Series is to me the most exciting series in NASCAR besides the modifieds which we'll talk about later but here's the interesting thing Greg Biffle Getting the win. This is not 2002, by the way. Just yeah, yeah. this is 2019. <laughs> this is a live broadcast. Just Greg so Biffle comes out of retirement, hops in the 51 truck that Kyle Busch has won five races with, and gets the win on Friday night. But here's my question. Does it bother you or not bother you that Greg Biffle winning basically has 
pretty much sucked all of the media and fan attention away from the fact that Tyler Ankrum got his diploma in the morning, did the longest slide down pit road I've ever seen in my entire life. Without hitting anything. Without hitting anything. Went four laps down, made up four laps, and finished third. Does it bother you or not bother you that Biffle's win overshadowed that? Nobody's talking about what Tyler did. Let me ask the question this way. Which is the bigger story, Randy? Well, for, first of all, let me let me mention that Tyler led nine laps in that race, too. For mm-hmm. the, for, he actually led laps for the he first did. time. Yep. I feel like, as, as much as I was a Greg Biffle fan growing up, Biffle is old news. Everybody knows the 51 truck is going to be competitive no matter who's in that truck, whether it be Greg Biffle, you can put you know, whoever in that truck. It's going to be competitive because it's about the equipment, right. not necessarily about the driver. And I feel like even though – and I think all the hype started out being because of the triple truck challenge, but now he's not even eligible for it. So that's a whole other story. Um, but I, I think now that uh, that that's all gone by the wayside and he's won his race and now he can you know go do whatever it is that Greg Biffle does when he's not racing, I feel like Tyler's the future of the sport. You should be putting the focus on the future and not on guys who are 10 years past their prime. Chris, your thoughts? Um, I'm going to disagree with Randy. I'm going to say Greg Biffle is the bigger story here, and I'm just going to say it because – it puts the younger KBM drivers on on notice because a guy who comes out of you know being out of the sport for three years, being out of truck competition for over ten years, just to come out and win that thing, it's like Randy said, it's it's not the it's not the uh, it's not the drivers that it, it's the truck. It, the truck can do it. Uh, he came out, he dominated the race, and when you you talk about money and you talk about that triple truck challenge. Although nobody can actually sweep it now because on a NASCAR technicality, uh, it's still the biggest story. I'm going to agree with Randy and say that Tyler Ankrum is by far the bigger story, and here's my reasons why. First of all, Craig Biffle's been a truck series champion. Been there, done that. I know he's been out of the sport for a few years, but you don't forget how to drive. He got into a truck that's already won five races with another cup driver in it. There's no question that that truck, when there's a driver in it that's capable of winning, that truck is probably, arguably, the best truck in the series. And it's and and I would also argue that because Kyle Busch mostly drives it, it's the best truck in the fleet. Um, and so... In my mind, Greg Biffle winning was no surprise whatsoever. Um, you know, the, it, it's not that I thought he would dominate it. He didn't. But him winning at Texas, where there's plenty of room to race, and, you know, to use the speed and the handling that that truck has, to me, is no big deal. A truck he's won a, about five times. Right, exactly. I mean, this is, <laughs> you know, I, again, I don't think this is a great, you know, a big story. Tyler Ankrum doing what he did is a huge story because it was by far his best run in the truck. Mind you, this is his first season in the trucks. It's a DGR truck, which is not a team that you yet have come to expect to be running up front. And his teammate, Anthony Alfredo, ran up front and and 
had his best, I would argue, overall. To me, that's a big story as well because Alfredo. Right. I mean, Alfredo even got there and, and led some laps as well. So. He did. Yeah, he ended up finishing twelfth, but he led three laps and, and ran second for a good bit. That was just that. That's where results do not, uh, you know, show performance because right. the pit strategy kind of made him finish that way so in my mind i think agram's way bigger of a story than than greg biffle winning and i'm i'm honestly happy that greg biffle doesn't get to go and run for the for the big money and and this is the reason why as a fan greg biffle winning the triple truck challenge would be absolutely no of no emotional interest to me at all like kyle bush winning the powerball lottery right i mean it just doesn't to me i have no interest in that as a fan i have much more interest in seeing a truck series regular go do it and so for me personally i'm glad he's not able to do this because now we get to put our focus back on the truck series regulars because another story that we well nobody can really do it well they can't win the triple but i guess what i'm saying is the other two races hundred fifty thousand dollars is a lot of money though yeah i mean um but but they're gonna be won by by um truck series regulars my point unless Uh, he unless greg shows up the gateway well um there is there technically would be a way that could have happened if they got the pre-entry in and put him in the truck then he's going to be there no, they didn't get the pre-entry in. So that's he, not that's for he, uh, that's for Iowa. They he, they could but, still but apply he still for can't the, win the 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 triple. He can still win. he can win the double. He can, he can win, win the double. double. He right. win two or three, but he can't win the triple. But there is one way he could have been at Iowa if Kyle would have wanted to do that, and that would have been okay. The truck missed the pre-entry, but they could have shifted a driver out of one of the other trucks if they wanted to, or they could have added a fifth truck um, if they wanted to. But of course the fifth truck became no option when they missed the deadline for the, for the 51. Kyle said that he was trying to find a way to make the fifth truck happen, but he was going to, it was going to be hard to turn around that quick. Right. They weren't ready to have the 51 truck go to gate or to Iowa in the first place. Yeah. So they, they, the, the only way that could have happened is, is if he had made the pre-entry or they would have shifted somebody out of one of the other other trucks that was already pre-entered and put him in it. But obviously, that's not as easy to, to, to make happen, given all the sponsor commitments and such. So at the end of the day, Greg's uh, triple uh, is not going to happen. Um, I, I'm glad that we're going to Iowa focusing on other things. I will tell you that Ross Chastain will move from the 38 truck to the 44 truck for Iowa to continue his quest for a championship. So does that not mess up what he doesn't? No. He can drive any truck he oh, wants. Oh yeah, because it's points, driver points. Yeah, it's for, driver for points. driver, not for team. So for yeah, car. so so there's no there's no question that he's he's <laughs> he came close to being really good at Texas. Well, and, and he, see that's again there's another story that that we 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 could delve into after the break um, because we don't have enough time at, at this point to really get into that. But that's Ross is another story that really didn't get talked about very much because everybody was. Just going nuts over Biffle and Kyle was calling himself a genius, you know, I guess. Wow. I mean, (laughs) you know, humble much. Um, But uh, at any rate, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we'll pick up the truck conversation. We've got modifieds coming up in a little while. Excited about that. 
the, the race in Michigan is still going on. Randy will provide us an update. Another, another, another so lots of stuff coming around the turn. HMS Motorsport brings you this show. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. They are, after all, the leaders in motorsports safety. League Lap Radio will return after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your streetcar on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Tyler Reddick, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to League Lap Radio. Tom Baker and Randy Miller here in the Race Chaser studio in Mooresville, North Carolina. We've got uh, Chris Murdoch on the other side of the proverbial glass over in the tech shed, punching all the buttons. And uh, good to see some of our friends in chat. Blake Harris, who's going to join us Wednesday night here in the studio for the Inside Pass. <clears throat> Excuse me, Blake is in the chat. Good to see Stephen Ovens as well. 
Um, Steve's a huge part, been a huge part of Race Chaser Media for years now. Um, Steve-o. A premier announcer at the Land of Legends Speedway up in New York, formerly known in my era of going there as Canadegua Speedway. Um, and uh, Steve-o, part of the broadcast team now from there. And good to see uh, Tim Thompson as well, father of Grant Thompson, who has been on the show before uh, Southern Pro-Am Series Truck Racer. Just some of the folks who have joined us. We've got Doug Kobe uh, going to be joining us here in just a little while, along with Justin Bonsignor in separate segments to talk modified racing. Right now we're talking trucks. Uh, Randy, before we do that, you want to give us an update on uh, what's going on here? Well, there's not really a whole lot of update to give you. Joey Logano has led 118 laps, and he continues to lead going into, what do we lap, uh, lap 140 of wow. stage three. So Amazing. Talk about stinking up the place today. That would be Joey Logano. That's a good day right there. That's well, a good day. Good day yeah, for him, day. for sure. Yeah. So we'll keep you posted on what's going on there. Uh, talking trucks, though, from Texas, and um, we were talking about the fact that with Greg Biffle winning the race, I mean, it was cool to see, don't get me wrong, but I, I feel like it just sort of took up all the oxygen out of the room and, and you know, didn't get to talk about so many other drivers. We had great runs. We mentioned Tyler Ankrum in the last segment and all of the stuff that he did. Uh, another ageless veteran, Matt Crafton, actually finished second with the 88. I felt sorry for his daughter. His daughter was going to cry that he didn't win for the, yeah, the, the money. That would be like my, what my kids would do. Apparently, he made a promise about something, and now she doesn't get uh, it. Yeah, he's Like he doesn't have the money to buy for it anyways. <laughs> so, Ankrum, third grand M figure, a great run for fourth. And here's another, uh, Harrison Burton, finished up in fifth, his best run easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a while or maybe of the year that truck um, actually looked good Friday it did for a yeah change. yep uh Fast. sheldon creed sixth brendan pool again oh. on point motorsports on point he's gonna again. get a win yeah i feel, I feel like, like he's he going might. to get yeah. one at some point yeah. that, that truck is too good and the sponsorship they don't even have a full season sponsorship uh, i know bad boys is only going to be on the truck for like five or six races yeah. so they're looking for sponsorship for that truck so. doing a great job mm-hmm. um austin hill eighth uh, Corey Roper, a oh. nice run for ninth on his home track. And he led some laps too. He, he could have. He he uh, looked like he, he could officially have. did not lead. Oh, did he? No. I thought he did. No, well, I guess he was running up front. But then yeah, he, he, he could have easily won that race if pit strategy would have went his way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Corey definitely was fast. And then we we were talking about that's why I kind of went through the run because we got to tenth and Ross Chastain and and you know again the the result doesn't. Yep you know tell the story of the performance he still keeps his streak alive though of not finishing out of the top 10 all season well and he needs to because again he needs to he needs to win a race and finish in the top 20 in points is what he needs to do he's got 38 points now Um, yeah he's got 38 he's getting closer (laughs) um but that's how he moves up nine spots in the standings too just because of that i was gonna say that's really what i'm gonna look he needs to do is he needs to just keep finishing in the top 10 top five top you know and get his win um but that was a great performance and this is a situation where at this point for him it's pretty much about winning but you can't afford to have a disaster he he doesn't need to not finish this coming weekend for iowa he goes back to the 44 truck or goes to the 44 truck um and will race that truck at Iowa, and um, I think we'll kind of bounce uh, between trucks as uh, the situation arises 
here with Nice Motorsports throughout the rest of the season. Ross Chastain currently 35th in points. Yeah, so he's got 15 spots, and, and, you know, he's got 16, well, 15 races, I think, now left to get to the top 20. So getting to the top 20, not going to be an issue, I don't believe, for Ross Chastain in that. You know, I, I feel like, though, that they should leave the team with Ross. Like, even though he's bouncing from truck to truck, they should leave his team intact, like his pit crew. That intact. probably will happen. I'm right. just guessing. Because I feel like it would yeah. be weird, you know, to have, yes. a, have a whole other crew chief on a whole other team week to week to week when you're bouncing from truck to truck to truck. Yeah, I would guess so. that that probably is what's going to happen. If he finishes well, if he finishes well at Iowa, he'll be up to like 23rd. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like there are so many part timers that that he'll easily pass. So. Uh, Again, top 20, I don't think it's going to be the problem. Right now on the bubble on win. top 20 is Anthony Alfredo. <laughs> well, and again. And he won't even run all the races. You know, he's, yeah, he's no. not even a full-time truck. Yeah, so yeah he's, he's not a full-time truck. Um, but the other truck that we need to talk about, because we did talk about Anthony a little bit, Jordan Anderson. Oh, yes. I mean, he didn't laps, but he was up front for a good portion of that race. And slowly but surely, we're seeing Jordan creep up and up and up and up and i'm not sure that he can that he will win a race this year but i think easily a top five a couple top fives i think you you're gonna start seeing him run more regularly in that fifth to tenth place area um you know those trucks are getting better and better and better and what jordan has accomplished as an owner is to me as spectacular as what he's doing as a driver. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, because he, he basically started the, what is the current team from scratch mm-hmm. pretty much. And went out. he's gotten all the sponsors. He drives the truck. He does all kinds of stuff. I think finally they do have a truck driver now, but you know, he, he just was a, a, a Jordan of all trades for a while Nobody has worked any harder in the truck series to get up front and run for wins than Jordan Anderson. And I think the more his performance elevates, the better a chance he's going to get some bigger sponsors as, you know, we, we go into 2020 and I would love to see him being in a position to be able to race for wins next year. Yeah, I, and I almost think that's realistic at the rate he's going. Especially a guy like him, because like you said, he started from scratch with absolutely nothing. So to him, a top five is almost a win, right? And there, but because they've spent, yep. he's spent so many years and so many races trying to get that program where he wants it. Exactly. And now that he's starting to get there, now those top fives and top tens are going to be like wins for him. I agree. You know, going forward, and even even if he doesn't get a win, even a top five finish is much better than a fifteenth place finish. The money is a little bit better. So that money can go back into the truck and, you know, finding exactly. better sponsors and getting better equipment. And that's how you build the team. Yep, so. that's exactly right. And uh, I inadvertently skipped over poor Sheldon Creed here. Sorry, Sheldon. Um, but Sheldon finished sixth. And, again, a driver who is starting now to log some some whole races and be able to get through. That's been Sheldon's biggest problem all year. He's had speed pretty much from jump. Yep. but. He just hasn't been finishing. You see him make a big mistake or, you know, something happens. Um, And so if Sheldon can just keep finishing races, I think that's another driver that could get a win in the series before it's over with uh, GMS Racing, putting a a solid truck underneath him on Friday night, and he drove it to a sixth-place finish, 
led a few laps, um, but more importantly, again, got a good finish, and he's he's starting to get there. So he made racing with Tyler Dipple seem very very exciting too for a little while. Oh wow, they were yeah, banging like yeah. business, like dude, you're gonna wreck each other. Yeah, well, and that's uh, <laughs> unfortunately that's that's what you again. Sheldon is a very aggressive kid, right? And you know he he he's kind of a you see him he'll dive for a hole and, you know, try to split the middle in a three wide scenario, you know, and he's gotten himself in trouble a number of times with that sort of thing and see him bounce trucks off the wall and all that. So I know Doug Randolph is really working with him on finishing races, just getting through the races and, and it's starting to sink in. That was one of the better races I've seen Sheldon drive and he's starting to sort of round into form, I think, in the truck series mm -hmm. and as we go to iowa and we get into round two of this triple truck challenge now obviously biffle wins one so we're not going to get a, a, a triple winner but do you see anybody being able to pull the double and if so who would be your pick to win two in a row and double up on the money man after what, after what i saw friday night matt crafton looked like a man possessed to get that money yeah so i i, I mean i feel like crafton even ankrum I, I, a guy like ankrum could easily you know well tyler loves iowa yeah he's so, been there i mean either um, one of those two guys would be my pick and you know for that matter anthony alfredo ran iowa huh? as well so yeah. um yeah. he's gonna have an advantage uh too bad he's not racing iowa that's right. He's that's not on his schedule. I forgot. You are correct. So Alfredo will not be in the truck. He will be at Gateway. Yes, Gateway is his next one. What what uh, will you have on that, uh, Chris? You think anybody can do this win two oh, in a row? Oh, I I I have a strong feeling it's going to be uh, Ross Chastain. You go to two two in a row. Two in a row. You see. Wow. I I just want to say if he gets one, he's top twenty. If he gets one, when he's top twenty. So. Oh, yeah. oh sure. Uh, so. I say you go to two tracks that really fit his driving style, those lower bank corners, and, you know, you sort of drive them like a short track. Uh, Iowa is wow. a short track. Gateway sort of acts like one. So you, you go to a, two tracks that fit his driving style, he'll move somebody out of the way for a win. Well, that's uh, – we've seen, we've seen him do things like that before. Um, you know, that's uh, – I, so I could see him getting one. I – I just don't believe somebody wins two in a row. I, I think the two tracks are different enough that I think you get two different winners. Um, we don't know what Biffle's status would be for Gateway, even if Kyle would, you know, would have a situation for him. Um, but we know he's not going to be at Iowa. I just, I feel like we get two different winners. Do I think Ross could be one of them? Of course. Um, I mean, he certainly wasn't out of the running the other day. And it was his first time in the 38 truck. So this is going to be a, an interesting next couple of weeks for the truck series, for sure. I love these two tracks to go into. Um, this was a great triple of tracks, great, you know, three set of tracks to to send them to to do this triple truck challenge because they always put on a great show at Texas. And uh, Iowa and Gateway are just fun. Lots of room to pass at Iowa. And Gateway is just a fun uh, fun track. So with that, we step aside again, uh, and we'll be back with more of Lead Lap Radio presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety right after this. 
Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hi, I'm John Holloman, and you're listening to Race. Welcome back to Lap Radio. As uh, we continue with the program tonight, we are, of course, live on the Performance Motorsports Network. We are also live on our Race Chaser Media Facebook page. Tom Baker, Andy Miller, Chris Murdoch with you 
one more time as we start off another week of motorsports conversation. I know Joey's still leading at he Michigan, is. Randy, but he what is. else is going on there? Uh, so Martin Truex right now running in the second spot. Harvick is uh, third. He's like 15 laps already, and I think he won stage two, if I'm not mistaken. I have to go back and look. Um, Kurt Busch right now sitting fourth. Suarez is wow. fifth. Larson is in sixth. He actually was running in third a few minutes ago. Uh, Chris Busher is up to seventh. Kyle is eighth. That's Bush. Um, and then uh, Bowman is ninth, and Hemrick is uh, tenth right now. So that's your top ten. We got about thirty-seven laps to go. Okay. Like um, so. so looks like Joey's in the catbird seat unless yes. uh, something goes wrong. He's led a total of one hundred and thirty-four laps. Okay. So. Well, uh, a good run so far for Joey Logano. We'll see if it continues to the end. We continue with. Our program and Tyler Reddick uh, continued to show why he should be and now is the Xfinity Series point leader. Got the win once again uh, at Michigan. And, you know, when you look at this and you look at Saturday's race, it really wasn't so much a Tyler Reddick runaway, but I think you had the idea, at least through most of the last two-thirds of the race or so that uh, the win was going to go through the two-car one way or another. Oh, yeah, absolutely. i got to give credit to Noah Gregson, though. He finished second with, with a damaged race car, um, had some damage from an earlier incident, and they taped that bad boy up, and he came right back through there and did a pretty good job. That's yeah, the best run he's had you know, since he's been in the Xfinity Series, but um, good job. I think, I, think Redick has, I think Redick has shown two things to this point in the season. Number one... The road to the championship goes through the deuce, which to me is amazing, honestly, yeah. um, what he's been able to accomplish with Richard Childress racing this year mm -hmm. uh, to come over and, and just be that good all year long. Um, so and but but secondly, this will probably be his final year in the Xfinity series because. I'm pretty sure we're going to see a 31 car on the track next year in the Cup Series the with Tyler's name spinning. on it. Yeah. Um, and, again, I don't think resources to do it are going to be an issue. Mm -mm. I think Tyler Reddick goes full-time to Cup in 2020 and, um, and maybe walks off with back-to-back -back Xfinity Series championships, which is – I mean, to me, that would be amazing. The last two guys that. to do that were Chase Elliott and Martin Truex Jr., and look yeah, where they are right now. The cool are. thing about Tyler Reddick, though, is I think last year, being with the Junior Motorsports, winning the Daytona 500, and then not winning another race until the championship, I think that gave him the motivation to go, you know what, I'm better than this. Like, I'm better than, than the performance that I was having yeah. at Junior Motorsports, and getting a fresh start with RCR, and now getting to, what is he, at five wins now for the year? I think so. I think, it's, like I think it's five, yeah. Uh, and the thing is, is, is you're right. I, I agree with you totally. Yeah. I think uh, I think it's it like was a renewed rejuvenation of going. You know, I'm I'm going to prove to you that it's that the, the whole Xfinity series isn't about junior motorsports all the time. RCR is a great program. They're trusting me to come on board and make this program something again because I don't think the two car has been fast since Brian Scott has been in the car. Um, you know, I mean, it showed signs of speed here and there. But well, I mean, yeah, it's had speed. It just hasn't. I mean, right. uh, when you got to think, RCR cut their program back to one full-time car. Well, and you got to think, now Reddick can say, hey, that championship last year, it wasn't a fluke. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's kind of where I go with this whole thing with RCR because, you know, Daniel Hemrick certainly did everything but win mm -hmm. the 21 car. 
And when Matt Tifton, the deuce, had, you know, he gave the deuce a number of really strong rides. But right. but you had four or five cars, mm-hmm. and you split the best people and the best resources. You know, you, and now you're focusing on one car, which is something that, that Tyler didn't have with Junior Motorsports, I might add. He did not have a one-car deal, obviously. So, um I think this fits him to a T, and he's really come into his own. And you're right, Gregson deserves a huge pat on the back because the, his performance, again, the last few races has started to really elevate. You can see him growing into the part. Yeah. You know, um, this was a big step up for him, even though he'd had a couple of really strong runs in the Gibbs car last year. Running full-time in the series, a whole different deal. And this is a big, this has been a big step for Doa. And Noah wears his emotions on his sleeve. Right. And I think he's unnecessarily hard on himself sometimes. So I think it's taken him a while to really kind of get locked in and comfortable and to be able to go out and do what Noah can do. Well, and that I, was a I, good run. I felt like something. Go ahead, Chris. And, and it's good to see Junior Motorsports as a whole on an uptick because, I mean, we saw – Michael and Ed at Daytona yep. take take the win, and then there really hasn't been much out of the the Chevrolet camp in terms of wins. Even all guy hasn't been as yeah, fast as he normally it, has I, been. Junior Motorsports this season to me has been really off. But see, I, I think that's why Noah was having such a hard time at the beginning of the year because he moved over from Kyle Busch Motorsports yep. to a team that had so many expectations because of their performances last year, and driving for Junior probably doesn't help. Right. Um, so he had his own expectations because, like you said, Noah's a guy that wears everything on his sleeve like yep. he, he is so um you know like in truth in what he's doing that right. he always wants to be the best and to go out and not getting the performances that he knows he's capable of and the team is capable of makes him be much more emotional about things and go you know i know i'm better than this and he's trying to prove himself and now he's starting to to relax a little bit and go okay now now i know how to do this now i know how to drive these cars yep. now i know how to tell my team what i want tell my crew chief what i want um, and it's making him a stronger driver. It's just taking a little bit of time for him to come on. Right. And uh, Chris makes a good point because junior motorsports has lacked speed. Oh, yeah. oh, it's, yeah. it's been a speed issue. They've been off in yeah. speed a little bit for a good bit of this uh, year. And uh, Michael Annette finishing third right behind Noah. Paul Menard, uh, a good run in the 12 car for fourth. Not a huge surprise. He's really good at that track. Justin Allgaier finished fifth. So we had basically three uh, junior motorsports cars in the top five brandon jones nice run for sixth he's another driver that you know brandon has been fast race after race after race after race and it seems like either he makes a mistake or somebody else makes a mistake or the car breaks i mean he just hasn't been able to put complete shows together um and good to see him get a top six finish chase briscoe a nice run for seventh John Hunter Nemechek, 8th, Jeb Burton, 9th, and Justin Haley, 10th. If you scroll down a few spots, you see Cole Custer and Christopher Bell. They were 12th and 13th, and I find this interesting because there's the two guys, or two of the three guys, at least, that you figure would be in the Final Four competing for the championship, and not their day, Uh, 12th and, and 13th. On the day, and Ross Chastain hanging around 14. We're talking about mulligans, mulligans, and you know, having or being able to have a bad day and still be able to to to, you know come away with with a a good finish at the end of the day, or you know, even having that one bad race, but then you know, clearing your mind and being able to be okay. But it's weird for both of them to have a bad day on the same day. 
and hopefully the bottom doesn't fall out for either one of those teams. Because Christopher Bell did that last year. He was on such a hot streak and then slowly but surely kind of faded away and then came back up, but it was already too late Yeah, you know, in the season by the time he rebounded from the troubles he had in the summer. So hopefully uh, it, you know, that's not a, the case because those two, along with Tyler Reddick, have dominated the Xfinity Series this year. Well, they have. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we, we uh, missed uh, 11th place was Austin Sindrick. Again, another driver that you just keep – you know eventually – Austin's going to get his win. He just hasn't yet. Uh, by the way, speaking of Austin's, Blake Harris reminding us in our chat, Austin Dillon was the winner of stage two ah, yes, today. Yes. His first at, ever uh, stage his win. His first ever stage win, which Thanks, honestly Blake. is kind of hard to believe for me. It is kind of hard to believe. Because he's, you, you see him often at the end of stages running up there mm-hmm. for, for a win, um, and it's hard to believe that was the first one. So. He won uh, a good Daytona 500 before he won a stage. Yeah, that is, really? That is insane. <laughs> and, and he won uh, a 600 he won a before, he won, before he won a stage. Yes. So he won two of the three um, triple crown races. Triple crowns or yes. you know, two of the three biggest uh, ra- trophies of the sport before he got a stage, which is kind of interesting. So, Can I uh, give a, a, a nod to a driver sure who's, who's on an upswing and doing Absolutely. really, really good? What kind of show do you think we have, Chris? We don't do that here. No, well, <laughs> I mean, well... <laughs> but we'll make an exception for you. We'll make you. an exception to you. Go ahead. You have control. Justin Haley. Yes. Uh, yeah. He's he's gotten two solid top tens in a row, uh, and I I feel like him, you know, being a rookie in the Xfinity series uh, and uh, sort of getting to know colleague a little bit better. You know, a new team. You yep. know, his his relationship with Chris Rice is some of the funniest stuff you'll ever see on social media. But as a team and as an organization, sort of figuring themselves out as you know the full-time car and bringing those guys in like an Austin Dillon or an Elliot Sadler or Ross Chastain even has to be a huge help to him and I know he's taking all of that in and he's doing a really good job unfortunately he has to work with Chris Rice well so. you, <laughs> you and I oh, yeah. had Chris if you're listening I'm sorry yeah, yeah. You, you you and I had Chris mm-hmm. on the inside pass yeah. a couple of weeks ago it just a crack-up show it was great um and you know Chris is, kidding. and Chris really enjoys justin and and that's um you know we were joking about you know how justin had asked for paid time off for richmond weekend because he wasn't you know he said he basically as the reason he wrote i'm not good there put put kaz put kaz Grala in the car he's good there um and we asked uh chris if justin got the weekend off he said no he, so, got, he gave him Friday and Saturday yeah. or fr- <laughs> so Friday and Sunday or something like that. But I've known Chris yeah, for a long gave, time. That's right. He gave Friday and yeah. Sunday off. I've known Chris for a long Saturday. time, and I know you know that the colleague has struggled for the last several years with Blake Harris, with yeah. um, Blake Cook, and Blake then, Harris. <laughs> now, Blake, see, he would on. love to drive that. Blake car. would love to drive that car, but I don't think that's safe for anybody. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, with Blake Cook and uh, with Ryan Truex, and then, and now with uh, <laughs> with Justin Haley. Um, and I can tell that there's a huge difference yeah. of, of, you know, his his whole outlook on the team and you know, oh, Justin, sure. having Justin on the team, too, makes yeah. a whole lot of difference. Yeah, we talked to Justin a couple of weeks ago, too, and he was just so excited to be there and loves the small team atmosphere. And um, so, yeah, he's going to get better as the year goes on. We're going to step aside. When we come back, our first guest of the evening, we're talking about 
Modifieds. Why? Because it's my show and I love them. Damn it. We'll be back with more of Lead Lap Radio presented by HMS Motorsport right after this. Come here. Everywhere you go, you hear it and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Tyler Dipple and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. You know, you know what? I want Chris to be able to con- to uh, create a little like little figure of Jacob and put it right there, <laughs> so that even when he's not here, when Dipple's thing comes on, he does that Dipple yeah, dance that he did yeah, like a month ago. Yeah, we still Dipple him. Yeah, I still have nightmares of that. Yeah, it's uh, if you missed it, well, maybe we'll find the clip and post it uh, at some point on our Race Chaser Media Facebook page. Facebook page because J- Jacob Seaman Dippling was pretty funny. So while we were gone, um, I'm trying to get Blake a ride. With Colleg, um, right now it's a Legends car, but Blake wants to race on dirt, and I told him no. Chris only wants to do it in the Walmart parking lot. So if you ever see a Legends car doing donuts on the Walmart parking lot, it's probably Blake Harris. Hey, um, by the way, the race is uh, 15 laps from the end, and we have a new leader, ladies and gentlemen. William Byron is wow. leading in Michigan. With William Byron. Ryan Priest is in second. Oh, hey, so, our New England crowd will yep. love that. Yep, I'm actually surprised that our first guest of the evening didn't hang up on us to tune in Sorry. to see if My his bad. arch rival Ryan Priest actually wins this race. 
Doug Kobe, welcome to the show and uh, happy to have you back. We know that Ryan's at least uh, in second here, running well at Michigan as we talk here, but uh, you also got yourself a win a couple of weeks ago, uh, and we're happy about that. Yeah. Um, well, first off, I didn't even know that Ryan was uh, up front. I saw earlier in the race he was in the 20s, so I might hang up on you guys the last couple last year. Um, lucky for him, though, I'm driving, so it's... Uh, it's one of those times where I'm going to, I think you guys got me locked in. So, yeah, it'd be awesome to see him get a top five finish. That'd be great for their team. And, and like you said, for our team, uh, picked up a great win at Seacolk and uh, certainly off to a, an awesome start this season in 2019. Yeah, tell us uh, a little bit about your season so far. Talk about your season because, uh, you know, obviously last season was a struggle for you at the start. This season, it was almost like you found something right away. And you've been able to maintain that. And, you know, this this feels like a Kobe championship season, except for the fact that uh, there are some other really fast cars that, um, I mean, I just feel like this year's tour could go right down to the wire again. And um, it's fun to see you guys dice it out and not know who's going to win from track to track. This has been fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, certainly some really strong cars. Of course, you know, Justin Bonsignor has had uh, his ups and downs this year, and uh, he's already got two wins now at Thompson, so he's going to be strong. And, and it it might go down to the wire, uh, or it might be over a lot sooner than that and could work in our favor or against us. So um, we're just trying to go race to race and, and really put our best foot forward and put some fast race cars on the track and make the right decisions in practice and I would say that's kind of been the story of our season so far is that we've gone to every race with a very well-prepared car by my crew chief, Phil Moran. And, uh, you know, we're, we're hungry for more wins and we're hungry for another championship. And last year was, you know, certainly a, a sub, subpar year for us, you know, kind of given our standards that we had set. And um, we're kind of chasing after things here. So it's been a lot of fun so far. We've got three wins in the first seven races and, uh, I truly feel like we could have had two more. Um, you know, I think we had wins get away from us already. So, um, you know, it's great to be fast, but we just got to keep chipping away and, and getting good finishes. What is Seekonk like to drive? Because I've been there to watch, and I, and I, but I've never seen modifieds there. I've only seen um, smaller cars and, and uh, I think street stocks or whatever, but I've never seen a modified race at Seekonk. I didn't get to watch, unfortunately, the broadcast of, of the, the tour race there. Um, but what's it like to drive? Because it just seems like such a boring, but yet with the corners the way they are, it, it seems like it could be actually a lot of fun. Yeah, it's like, I would say it's like driving a, a motorcycle in a fishbowl, you know, like, I mean, you um, you just try to go as fast as you can, and, and you just really can't go fast, so um, I've been there as a spectator, and it's a great track to watch at, because yeah. they have seating all the way around the whole facility, um, so you can really get some cool angles and watch how the cars come off the corner and, and come up to the, we call it like the top of the hill and off on the back stretches, like a little, you know, hill that you drive up. Um, but I'll tell you what, as a driver in a modified, it's it's tough to stay disciplined for the whole race because you're really not using much more than than half of your entire horsepower allotment. So the, the best way to go fast there is to go slow, you know, and um, that's a, a tough thing for drivers to do when you have such great handling cars and great horsepower under you. 
it's really hard to not use it. And, um, you know, it's certainly a track that a lot of drivers just despise going to. Um, <laughs> Teddy Christopher was one of them. I mean, he hated Seacom. Really? Because it's, it's, yeah, it's just a track that, you know, a guy like Ted never wanted to go, you know, a quarter to half throttle to try to be fast. I mean, he wants sure. to go fast. Right. And, you know, when, when the fans watch us there, the crazy thing is it, it really looks like we're getting after it. And I think that when the cars are side by side and there's really good racing there, you know, it's a good show, which is, is really great for the race fans. It's just a challenge from a driver standpoint. I can imagine that it is. And, and you go from there to a track like Thompson. I mean, you talk about two polar opposites, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, even going from, you know, wall to Seacock, you know, to Thompson, it's like you go, you got, Seekonk sandwich in between two really aggressive, fast racetracks. And, um, you know, that's fun. So I, I think it's fun for us as drivers. I think we enjoy that kind of stuff. Uh, I know I do. I, I love going. You know, we raced Seekonk on Saturday, and we were at Thompson on Wednesday. Yeah. And, you know, we took the same car from Seekonk to Thompson. So we, you know, won, uh, won the pole at both tracks and uh, got a first and a second. So it was a good week for that car. What, what do you do? What do you change setup wise? Without, of course, without giving away any secrets, what do you change setup wise to go from Seekonk to Thompson like that? Because again, it's almost two diametrically opposed types of tracks. Yeah, it's everything. Everything getting changed. You know, Phil. Uh, I can guarantee you, as soon as the car got back on Saturday night from from Seekonk, Phil was there Sunday morning. You know, starting to switch over the setup. You know, he's. He's got, you know, a lot of trips and a lot of secrets. Um, and he's also got a lot of equipment that we have in the shop that makes it easier for him. Sure. You know, uh, he's got a gale force machine that he's able to, you know, put the shocks and springs on that, you know, most guys super late model and, and touring series are, are using these days. Um, you know, and that certainly helps get the setups more accurate in a shorter period of time. Um, and, you know, for him, you know, going to Thompson, it's a place where Phil's probably set up a car you know, a hundred times already. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, we were really strong at the icebreaker. So we took our, you know, set up basically from the icebreaker and he put it back in the car to go back last Wednesday. Well, you're, you're certainly on a roll. I mean, the first and the second is, is two really, really good, good outings, obviously, Justin, uh, beating you at Thompson, but it, it seems like you guys could be after it all year. And, you know, again, it's, it's fun for for us as fans to to watch that sort of thing because you know you you don't want to see one driver i know you you would love to to win 10 in a row and just put the thing away or whatever but you know it's so much more entertaining when there's kind of a rivalry and there's a little back and forth and okay he's better over here that's what modified racing has always been going back to the days of you know evans and cook or evans and troyer or bodine or you know all the obviously the new england guys desaro stevens whoever um to me this season just feels like a bit of an old-fashioned modified throwdown every time you guys hit the racetrack because there's a number of you running really well yeah um you know justin and i are uh friendly rivals yeah we we respect one another and um, certainly when they're on the, their game, they're on their game. And when we're on our game, they know the same thing. Um, 
you know, but I don't want to count out, you know, Ronnie Silk and the 85 team, just a great turnaround that oh, they yeah, had for from, sure. you know, you know, several years ago when the 85 came to the tour, they were, you know, they were a top 10 car, yep. but they were, you know, just barely a top 10 car. And now they're, they won at South Boston and they're basically, I think they have five top fives in their first seven races. And, you know, certainly Craig Lutz with the 46, they're yep. uh, knocking on the door for their first win. So a lot of good things happening on the tour. Um, you know, lots of lots of rivalries uh, within the rivalries. You know what I mean? Um, you know, we all want to win, and um, you might say it's always about you know me and Justin, but that's not really the case when you have you know a great series of drivers and and crew chiefs and ultra competitive teams. You know, teams that you know just really will do whatever it takes to win. Um, you know, I mean, look at how many teams now have switched over to the LFR chassis yep. um, after the success that both us and the 51 had winning races and championships with it. I mean, now you have, you know, no less than eight or nine of them out there at every racetrack, and all of those guys have stepped up their game. So uh, it makes for better racing for the series, and it's better for the fans. And kind of at this stage of my career, that's, you know, probably the most important other than winning, you know, for our team, you know, I just want our series to put on a good show and put our best foot forward and, and be exciting for race fans. No doubt, and I mean, you know, we didn't talk about Woody Pitcat. Um, you know, you've you're you've got a thirty-one point lead over Silk right now, um, but you know that's hardly safe at this point in the season. And you know, it's been interesting to see guys like Patrick Emmerling, um, you know, and of course Burt Myers from down south here has made a you know some good runs. And you know, it's uh, the Catalanos. Um, like I said, this feels a little bit more like an old-fashioned modified season. But you mentioned a lot more people moving to LFR. Um, what are your thoughts, or do you even have any thoughts about uh, the whole kind of merger that's going on between Troyer and LFR? It's a, that's it's intriguing to me as a fan and as someone who's been around a long time. You know, to remember, of course, when Maynard actually started Troyer <laughs> years ago. Um, you know that. Do you, how much do you think this really affects modified racing going forward, or do we even know at this point? Um, I don't think we really know, and truthfully, I mean, I've been asked a lot of comment, to have comments on that merger, and then also the kind of the feud between LFR and Fury with you oh, know, well. taking credit for whatever chassis are out there now. I mean, ultimately, I, you know, I just want the two teams to run good, and I right. feel like we are. And we're going to run good no matter, you know, I've won championships and races in trailer cars before. Uh, I've won with the LFR car. Uh, whether it was manufactured in North Carolina or it's going to be manufactured in Rochester, um, I kind of feel like our series is always one where everybody has great equipment, but it really takes the whole package to make that great equipment into a winning car or a championship car. And, you know, I think it's really proving once again that the, it's really the people behind the teams you know, from the crew chief to the driver to the crews yep. that make the difference between a winning team and a 10th or 15th place team. And it's like that in all forms of racing. So ultimately, uh, what other people choose to do with their businesses to try to either grow or cement themselves in business in a certain, you know, uh, competitive environment, I don't really have a, a say on that because it's nothing that I can control. And uh, we just want to, like I said, keep putting fast race cars on the track and keep winning races and uh, ultimately, you know, our team doesn't care where, where, where the parts are manufactured, you know, who does it, um, and, and how they got to that point. Ultimately, for us, it's just about proving that our team, you know, even if we're out there with a bunch of people want to say it's going to be cookie cutter cars, or, yeah. you know, like an IROC series, 
we still want to win the IROC series if that's the case. And that that would even make us more proud that nobody can say that we had an unfair advantage like they were saying when we first had the LFR car, that we had you know a car that was significantly better than other people. So um, at this point, I say, you know, it's, it's game on for, for these guys with business, and I'm, I'm happy to see, no matter what, I'm happy to see people talking about our, our series and our cars, and not just at the regional level. We're getting a lot of national coverage. Uh, certainly Ryan Ryan's success uh, is helping with that and, you know, getting lots of mentions during cup races. Uh, you know, that's stuff that people will start noticing, um, along with the, you know, live coverage of our races on fanschoice.tv, along with the uh, replays on NBC Sports Network, you know, later that week. Uh, you're just seeing a lot more modifieds, uh, a lot easier access for race fans across the country to get their modified fix. Absolutely, which is all good in my book. And we're going to step aside. We'll have more with Doug Kobe right around the turn here as Lead Lap Radio will roll into our number two, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Timmy Salamito, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Speaking of modified aces, Timmy Salamito bringing us back from break as we begin our second hour of Lead Lap Radio presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web, HMS Motorsport. 
Cup.com. Randy, you got an update on uh, the cup race? They're actually in overtime right now. There's two laps to go. So Two laps yes. to go. Who yes, is leading? Back on the green. Oh, Joey Logano. Logano's leading yes, again. Okay, okay. Where's, where did Priest go? Uh, I don't I don't know. I, it's kind of blurry. I'll have to try to find him in a second. Okay. <laughs> Carry on. I will find him momentarily. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep talking with Kobe, and uh, Randy will update us in a moment. But, uh, Doug, uh, you were we were talking before the break about the merger and all of that. Um one of the things that I've always enjoyed about modified racing is the fact that no matter what chassis somebody's driving, to me, it's still it's still a driver's series. I mean, I remember growing up, obviously, Richie built his own cars. Major Troyer built his own cars. Jerry Cook had, I think, probably mostly Troyers. I don't know. Um, but, you know, you had a number of different chassis. We had chassis dynamics cars. I think those are still out there with Bob Cuneo and, and Bobby V and, and such. Um, but this has been a, this series has always been about drivers and about rivalries on the racetrack. And, and, you know, that to me is what makes modified racing special. And I don't think we can always say that about the national series. I feel like this is the one series in NASCAR where it's always about the drivers. Yeah, and you know the difference between the modifieds is that we have we have adult drivers in our cars. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, ouch. Uh, a lot of seasoned drivers with a lot of experience and laps. Um, and you know, not to knock any of the other series, but it just seems like you know we haven't necessarily um, succumbed to the uh, youth movement that has been so persistent in the regional touring series and you know, now right up really to the Xfinity series as far as I'm concerned. Um, not to say that anybody's not a good driver, but, you know, we are very experienced uh, drivers who have been racing, you know, just about our whole lives. And once we get some experience on these tracks and start working with great crew chiefs like mine um, and some of the other very knowledgeable, modified guys in the pit area, um, it really makes for some special racing and, like you said, some good rivalries. Um, and, you know, you have rivalries from the, the teams that race modifieds full-time at Riverhead on Long Island, and then you got a lot of the Connecticut guys who have, you know, rivalries from, you know, racing in, in SKs yeah. um, at the Connecticut track. And we're just a really competitive part of the country when it comes to weekly and regional racing. You know, some of the fields at Stafford, I think they started 28 or 29 SKs last Friday night at Stafford. Uh, where they have a handicap system, so the fastest guys don't start up front. And, um, you know, you'll always hear Keith Rocco when he's ribbing Philip Morris and Lee Pulliam about how they got all their wins in the national uh, points chase for the weekly series. You know, he, he always mentions the fact that we handicap up here in Connecticut and you have to start 12th to win at Stafford. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a great place to have rivalries, modifieds, whether it's SKs, SK lights, or full time, full full-blown tour modified they're really fun cars to drive and um it's it's really uh it's really great for us to have the opportunity to to drive these cars up here in the northeast that uh, you know people around the country just won't even get to experience it's it really is interesting i mean the what the point you bring up about the youth movements one thing and i think there's definitely some validity to that because i think the fact that you you guys have been around a long time you built your fan bases you know you've sort of built the friendly rivalries with each other um you know i think that definitely plays into the the um the marketability of the series and also obviously the fans but um i think the 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 point that you make 
about the SKs. I know being from New York State, you know, we had, uh, and they still do, the sport mods, so to speak, which are basically an SK. Um, and I feel like in New York, they kind of became the main class where they didn't so much in New England. You know, the Tour Modifieds are still very much prevalent, and there are other Modified series besides the Wheel and Tour. But boy, the SK Modified division in New England is as or more competitive than you know than the the modifieds are and it's pretty amazing how that sort of blew up a number of years ago and it's become just some amazing racing to watch at some of those tracks up there and Rocco's a great driver and I think he makes a great point because I've never liked starting the fast guys up front and I I I have railed a number of times against the fact that we do that down here in the South all the time. To me, that's just lazy. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a different way of racing, you know, and I guess that's always how it's been up here with, you know, the, the handicapping done at Stafford and, and Thompson yep. and Waterford and most of the other tracks in New Hampshire and, and around New England have kind of followed suit in a sense, and that's just what everybody does here. Um, yeah, I just know that we just have competitive drivers and, and, and great Great drivers that I feel like could make an impact on on NASCAR and uh, and, and other parts, not just NASCAR, other other forms of racing. Sure, and uh, it's it's really um, it's it's really cool how you see us all have these rivalries, and you know it's like almost like we hate each other. And then when somebody like Brian Priest gets a chance to do something, you know, on a national stage to represent all of us, we're all suddenly on on the same team. You know, <laughs> exactly. Um, we have a huge chip on our shoulder off here in New England because we don't think many of those kids that run in some of these other series, whether it be ARCA or K&N uh, and, and the truck series, uh, we don't think they could even really run in the top 10 in our series. And, you know, so far, uh, I don't know. It's just uh, it's a feeling that we have, generally speaking. We just It's just something that we feel is true, um, that we're very... Um, very well qualified to, to to move up into other levels and ryan's certainly proving that for all of us sure is and then of course on the other side of the coin uh a young kid like max mclaughlin jumps into an sk and goes out and almost wins the race right out of the box uh proving i guess that uh he certainly as if we needed more proof that he certainly got uh, magic shoes talent um you know max is a pretty special kid but a good example of a young kid who's got it together and has had a lot of experience in a lot of different cars for someone so young which i think really played into that yeah he has the modified blood though so yeah that's for sure yeah <laughs> no matter whatever he races he's got the modified blood and, and he did a great job at thompson i got to see that replay and uh, you know thompson's not an easy place to run an sk um you know it, it's kind of like um it's oddly enough like a draft comes into play and you know ryan you know ended up beating him but he you know certainly did a great job because ryan has a million laps around there in an sk and um you know i he was driving one of keith's cars which you know is you know certainly well sure. prepared and ready right. to go but the driver still got to turn the wheel and, and he did a great job coming up through traffic and getting the lead and uh just didn't have enough to hang on to hold off ryan but you know uh i'd love him to come run a tour modified and i think that that would oh. be uh uh, maybe a nice next step for him, you know, um, and, and it's, you know, that kind of stuff is good for all of us. It's just like when a few of us ran the K&N race at Thompson a couple of years back, um, you know, you get 
you had me um, and Ryan and um, somebody else was in the field from, from New England. Um, you had us kind of out there, you know, racing with those other guys and, and coming away with good, strong runs. And I think that that, again, shows that we're, uh, we have that chip and we, and we just want to prove that, you know, the best in New England can take on the best anywhere. And that's kind of how we've always been. Oh, absolutely. Well, he he did a great job, and uh, I'd love to see him in a tour mod, too. And I think he would love to see himself in a tour mod at some point. I know he, he got instantly hooked uh, the other day for sure. And uh, I'd also like to see him do the other thing his dad did up north so well and jump in a super modified at some point in a swigger. I think that would be a whole lot of fun. But uh, we got just a couple of minutes left here. And as you know, we always like to give you guys an opportunity to say thank you to all of those who helped make it happen for you. And uh, you certainly got a pretty long list, so go ahead. Yeah, I do for sure. You know, our primary sponsor, Major Tools, is uh, certainly enjoying the successes of our great season so far with a lot of a lot of press coverage. But we've got some other great associate sponsors. Um, Renner's Oil Wrecking is a really important sponsor for me. They um, they just came back to uh, to support me this year, and it's really great to have him and the family back on board. Um, you know, and just real quick, LFR, Draco Springs, um, Willwood Brakes. Uh, Bob Bruno Racing Engines, Robert Yates Racing Engines, Soul Power Batteries, um, JRI Shocks. We switched over. Uh, it's kind of been our big story this year, going to Brandon Ernest and Ernest Performance and getting on the JRI Shock package. And, you know, I've been pretty quick to credit them with helping turn our, our season around and get us in the right direction. So all these great sponsors make it happen for us, and then we get to go out there and have our fun and race well, and uh, you do a great job, and we always appreciate having you on, Doug, because you're just a, a great guy and a fun guest and uh, a, a terrific wheel man. So uh, we'll let you uh, we'll let you go and look forward to talking to you again soon. If you win another one, I, I think uh, we'll probably have you back on pretty quick. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, guys. I always appreciate you having me. <laughs> Anytime, Doug. That's Doug Kobe. Off he goes from the strutmasters.com hotline. And, of course, strutmasters, the suspension experts. Whether you got a car or a motorcycle, if you want to improve your ride, it's real simple. Call them or jump on strutmasters.com. They've got what you need, and we will be right back with more of League Lap Radio and that friendly rival that Doug Kobe talked about earlier. Justin Monsignor joins us right around the turn. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. 
That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Dylan Bassett, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to League Lap Radio. As our second hour continues, we had a good chat with uh, Doug Kobe, the winner at Seekonk Speedway on the NASCAR Wheeling Tour not uh, too awfully long ago here. And uh, we're going to chat in a moment with the winner of the Thompson Speedway race that took place last week on the tour, Justin Monsignor. But uh, real quick before we do that, we'll get into detail about this after we talk to Justin. But Joey Logano picking up the win at Michigan this evening. Is that 100 and a lot of laps? Yeah, 163 laps to be uh, exact. Kurt Busch coming up for second. He is getting closer to a win. Martin Truex third. Suarez a nice run for fourth of the 41 and Kyle Busch. Rounding out the top five, we are all excited because Ryan Blaney was running second, but he must have had to make a pit stop because he ended up finishing in 25th with uh, his JTG Doherty Racing Chevrolet. And with that, we transition to the back to the Modifieds where Ryan came from. And we'll talk to Justin Bonsignor. Justin, first of all, welcome back to the show. We're always excited to have you on the program. And congratulations on... Uh, a nice run at Thompson. Uh, you and Kobe have kind of a nice little back and forth going here, it seems like, lately. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's been a g- pretty good start to the year. Not as not as great as Doug's, but, uh, you know, we have two wins through the first uh, half of the season, and that's nothing to be ashamed of. So uh, it's been a up-and-down season, but we seem to have uh, things pointing in the right direction right now and good good momentum heading forward. Well, you're 39 points back at this point behind Doug with – Ron Silk stuck in the middle, and boy, Doug and I were talking about Ron a little bit. What a story that team has been this year. Yeah, they've been uh, really, really good. Uh, my crew chief, Ryan, and, and Ronnie are really close friends, and, um, you know, been friends with Ron a long time, and it's good to see that team having success. You know, they got their first win earlier this year, and they've been consistently in that top three to top five almost every week, and their consistency is what's keeping them uh, solidly in the points right now, and um, there's there's no lack of uh, no lack of brains on that team. Ronnie's really smart. They got a really good crew behind them, really good owners. So uh, it's it's cool to see that team having success and, and Ronnie uh, having a full time ride on the tour again. And uh, it's good to have a past champion that's back full time with us. 
It's really uh, interesting because looking at your stats and Doug's, uh, you know, yeah, it, it's true that you haven't had quite as good a start to the season, but really 39 points at this point in the year, still not at all an insurmountable, um, you know, deficit for you to make up. But um, I was saying to Doug that I, I feel like this year has been really almost like an old-fashioned modified year with you know, the Evans and the Cook and the, and the Troyer and, and whoever else just fighting over the title. There's really a number of you that are running very, very well uh, this year. And it seems like every race that, that you go to, you know, there's somebody else who kind of steps up their game or comes out of nowhere and has a good run. Um, does it feel like that to you? I mean, we've had championship races with three or more drivers in recent past but this year just seems like that much more competitive at the top end yeah tours in very very good shape right now yeah That's great car count a lot of a lot of uh really good teams and a lot of up-and-comers um you know obviously you got the, the few of us that have been here for a while but uh you know guys like craig lutz are starting to finally yeah. break through and uh have have you know been together now for a year or two and are, are starting to show a lot of speed and uh craig was really close the other night um you know, if it went green, he probably would have, you know, challenged us for the win right to the end. So um, the competition's there. Um, it's it's really, really good right now with the tour. I'm, I'm happy with uh, with the car counts and, and how things are going. Um, but, uh, you know, you still got the same same couple guys at the top that are fighting. And, um, you know, every week we have to go to the track. And, uh, you know, I, I still feel the two is the team to beat. So we're still fighting them and uh, giving them everything we can to contend for wins on a, on a weekly basis. It's been interesting kind of how that's, you know, last year I feel like you guys were the team to beat and he was just a little bit off at the beginning. And then this year it seems like he came out of the box strong and you came out of the box strong. But, you know, it's just been, it seems like we talk a lot about the two of you, but as, you know, he said, and and you have pointed out, um, there are a number of drivers who are capable of winning on any given day on the tour and it really still is kind of a very pure form of racing in that sense. You know, you haven't seen, as Doug pointed out, you've got some young drivers like, you know, Blake Barney and, and Matt Swanson and, you know, Chase Dowling when he runs. But you don't see an overabundance of younger racers. You guys have been around a while. It's really a kind of a throwdown every time you guys go out on the track somewhere and get at it. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, there's there's a um, there's a nice gap right now. You have the, you know, the veterans. Uh, it's crazy to think this is our tenth year doing it. Doug's been doing it a lot longer. Ron, you know, Ronnie Silk, uh, Woody Pick. A lot of guys have been at this a long time. But then you do have the the next generation that's coming up, and will you know will lead us into the future here and um, bring in you know the younger fan base and and bring bring new new eyes to the series. Um, you know, like Lutz and Dowling when he runs Barney. A lot of, a lot of young guys coming up. But uh, you know the it's a tough series to compete in. You know, you, you kind of have to uh, to earn your keep and pay your dues, and it's not something where you typically a guy just comes in and will dominate the series as a rookie or, or a new guy. So uh, it's still like that old-fashioned type of racing, and, um, you know, the, the rules kind of allow it to be that way with the, the way the modified, you know, race and, and the rules package that NASCAR keeps us under to keep our cars, uh, you know, keeping the, say, the aero and the, and the technology kind of out of our series, which is a great thing. So... Uh, a lot of pure forms still in our series, and um, I think, uh, I think, like I said, I think this is the, the series is in a good shape right now. 
Um, hopefully it can continue to trend upwards. We got really good car counts. Uh, sent some people home the other night from Seekonk, which is, you never want to send people home, but I think it's great to see that there's that many cars at the racetrack. So uh, a lot of positives going right now, and uh, I'm glad we're one of the teams that on a weekly basis uh, is at the top. We, uh, we show a lot of speed every week, but, um, you know, unfortunately racing is not all about speed, and uh, you have to execute from start to finish on, on a whole race, and uh, that's where Doug's beating us right now. We have had a few mulligans at the beginning of the year, and, um, didn't capitalize, didn't have the racing luck. I, I think it is, uh, you know, if you don't get the right restart, you don't make the right pit call, uh, get caught in a wreck. There's so much that goes into these races and, uh, he's had everything go his way kind of like we did last year. So, uh, hopefully, you know, not hopefully, but you know, you, you as a team, we kind of hope he has a mulligan to kind of get us a little closer and get us back in it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if not, if, if they don't and they outrun outright beat us, you know, they obviously deserve to be the champion. So uh, still too early to think about that. But, um, you know, we are getting close to halfway here. And um, we, we've hit our stride. I think our cars are as fast as they've ever been. He's, he's right there with us, Ronnie, Lutz. There's a lot of guys that are real close. So um, I think, uh, you know, it should be a good, good summer stretch here and a lot of fun for the fans. Well, for sure, a lot of fun for the fans. Uh, what is it with you and Thompson? I mean, you just seem to have, have it all together there. You've already picked up two. Yeah, we uh, we we just have a great setup, and it just goes back to Ryan Stone and, and the team. And um, you know, Ryan brings great cars to the racetrack every week. But uh, when we go to Thompson, we've we've hit on something that he's that I like in the race car, and he's found. And um, you know, he just he does an unbelievable job of 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 coming to the track well prepared, and, and comes off the truck really fast. And uh, we just have to fine tune it through practice, and that that's a big part of it. And the car just has a lot of speed built into it, and at the same time it'll go a long distance uh on tires it doesn't wear the tires out so um i think uh, last week was probably the best car we've had from start to finish uh during the streak wow. of six in a row which is um is is good for us i think we're, we're we're not staying on what worked last year we're continuing to evolve and try new things and uh, i think that's the best car i've had during the stretch i haven't really had the most dominant car um in maybe only one of the other races last year we had a really good car we've kind of just had the racing luck go our way, whether pit stops or uh, other guys have a misfortune. So, uh, like I said, a lot goes into these winning these races, and um, but a fast car at the end of the day will help. So um, we've won them in a lot of different ways, and um, but I really do think we've taken a step forward at Thompson with our car uh, this past week. So I'm excited to go back there in August and just, you know, hopefully continue the streak. But obviously at some point you know it's going to end, and you just got to be mentally prepared to uh, – to accept it and you know try and go back the next time after that and, and win again so but uh it's it's pretty amazing what we've been able to accomplish there and uh, a lot of a lot of it goes back to the team and the pit crew and just everybody involved and teams owners sponsors everybody um it's, it's pretty cool to have a record i believe all to ourselves now of, of any racetrack i don't know if anybody's ever won six in a row at any track so uh pretty pretty cool accomplishment that we'll be proud of and something 20 years from now you can you could talk to your friends and family about yeah, it definitely is for sure. And I was joking with Doug about uh, going from Seekonk to Thompson, and you go from Thompson to Riverhead. So you gotta love the way the tour schedule is set up. There, there, it seems like you go from bullring to big fast track, back to a bullring to a big, you know, um, and you really gotta be on top of it the whole time. Yeah, that's the great part of our series, and we continue to keep adding new tracks. Obviously, we got Martinsville next year, so um, there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of diversity in our schedule, uh, you know, whether it be a, you know, big track like Myrtle Beach where you got to save tires or a big track like South Boston where you're, 
you know, going as hard as you can in qualifying laps the whole time. Or you go down to these little bull rings like Seekonk where you're just running quarter to half throttle all night. It's uh, There's a lot of different types of racetracks. I think that's what uh, rounds the drivers out, rounds the series out as a whole. And I think it's, uh, at the end of the year, you do have a true champion because, you know, you've succeeded on almost every type of racetrack that we could possibly race on. Well, that's uh, for sure. And you mentioned Martinsville. We're going to talk to you in a little more detail about what you think about going back to Martinsville uh, next year here in a bit. But uh, we got to step aside right now. and We'll take a, a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have a little more with Justin Bonsignor. And we've got Cars Tour to talk about, not to mention some open wheel stuff later in the show as well. And again, if you missed the end of today's Michigan race, Joey Logano picking up the victory there. So uh, another win for Joey and the 22 team. Not a huge surprise, I don't think, but uh, certainly a big win for Ford as this is kind of a manufacturer's deal up there. So we're going to step aside more of Justin Bonson. You're around the turn. You're listening to Lead Lap Radio or watching Lead Lap Radio and Performance Motorsports Network and Race Chaser Media's Facebook Live. We'll be back. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set ya. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. Oh, 
You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Brandon McReynolds, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Lead Lap Radio on the Performance Motorsports Network and Race Chasing Media's Facebook Live. Tom Baker, Randy Miller, Chris Murdoch all gathered around putting out a show for you tonight. And, uh, of course, show brought to you by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at HMSMotorsport.com. We talked about Strutmasters earlier. We're going to tell you about my computer career coming up in just a little bit. Right now, we carry on with Justin Bonsignor. And, uh, Justin, we didn't get a chance to uh, talk with Doug but uh, about this, but I want to get your two cents on the return of the Modifieds to Martinsville in 2020. I know that that is one Friday night that I already have blocked off on the calendar and I couldn't be more ready because I can remember as a young man growing up in upstate New York in Oswego when MRN used to broadcast modified races live and Martinsville was one of those tracks that we used to listen on the radio to the races and and just the names and the stars and it was incredible and I've always wanted to see the tour at Martinsville and never got to experience that I can't wait for next year what are your thoughts Uh, I think this is huge for our series you know we are getting back to having these marquee events and these big events on our on our schedule we have the you know the musket race up at new hampshire now uh we're adding new uh, martinsville back which as if everything goes as planned it, it could hopefully be a yearly thing again and you know for us to be the second stage race instead of the third third or fourth of a weekend right. you know, just to be second to the cup is going to be huge uh, i think the fans are going to support it this time i think it'll be well promoted having a year in advance to take care of it Obviously, there were some struggles the last few years we went there, um, but as a racer, I'm, I'm really excited. I, it was a, a lot of fun to race there in my rookie year. Obviously, I've come a long way in my career, and I've, I would love to have another shot at racing for a grand, grandfather clock. So uh, I think it's it's a great thing. I've heard a lot of people already telling me, you know, a lot of friends and fans that don't really come to a lot of tour races have already booked hotel rooms and already making plans to go down there, and that's, you know, 10, 11 months in advance. So I think uh, I think they're going to do a great job. Uh, hopefully, we can put on a great race. Um, usually, the race in there with our cars is is really really good. Uh, the fact that it'll be a nice springtime night race in the south will be good. It won't be 95, 100 degrees sitting in the uh, the grandstand. So um, I think it's got a lot of potential, just like the musket race had last year, and that lived up to uh, sure the expectations. I think it um, it has has a lot of uh, positives, and I think it's great for our series. And hopefully, that's only the first of of maybe potential other new racetracks that we can add back to the schedule. Um, I think, um, I, like I said, I think everything is just really going well right now with our series. And, and uh, I think as possibly the big three progress more in the next year or two, I think that could only help short track racing and the modifieds in particular um, with maybe more scheduling races. So uh, that's just my opinion on things. I don't know if that's true or not, but um, I, I do think there's a lot of potential and uh, I think it could be a, a really great annual event to uh, to add back to the 
to the schedule and and to get down south and and have more eyes on our series and especially having fans choice and and uh, the tape delay races on NBC um, it's great things going on right now and I just the more eyes that we can get on these races the more people that'll come a day early to the cup race or they won't sit in their camp or they'll come into the stands and they'll watch what is the best race and I feel oh I hope so yeah and I, I honestly believe that a modified prelim to the cup race at Martinsville in the spring is the perfect show and it, I want to know what from your standpoint what it's like to race there be, with a modified because I can remember again when I was younger the you know it, it's always interesting because I, I, I grew up going to a swigo it was a 5 a mile track Martinsville's a half but when you're little you don't really understand the difference in you know banking or you know with the corners or whatever and when I see the average speed for a pole time at Martinsville is like 95 miles an hour you you just kind of like, what, really? Um, it's got to be a hard track on brakes, even in modified, but what is it like to race there in a modified car? Yeah, I mean, it was 10 years ago, and it was my rookie year, so it kind of all is a blur now, but uh, just the grip level um, and how fast we were able to actually attack the corners and, and get through the center of a corner there. Um, I don't really remember much else, but I, I do remember there being a lot of grip, and I actually felt like I adapted to the racetrack pretty well. We actually finished second that year and wow. uh, just missed out. Uh, in my rookie year, we came from a lap down. I, I do remember I dragged oh. the jack down the road on my pit stop, got a, got a lap down, and uh, came back to finish second. It was it was a mess of a race. There was a lot of crashes, but uh, we did come back to finish second. And um, it was a you know unbelievable experience to be there and um, to walk into the place and, and just see how, you know, all the history and everything that goes into those, those types of tracks. So, um, I, I'm really, really excited to go back there. I think it's going to be an amazing event for our series. Would be interesting to see uh, if any of the NASCAR guys decide to uh, drop down, or if they can, you know, put rides together. I mean, they, you know, that's always kind of fun to see some crossover um, in that sense because modifieds obviously aren't something that those guys get to run all the time. We've seen Ryan Newman do it. Um, and he's been very successful at it. Of course, Ryan Priest now is a NASCAR guy. We have to believe he would probably run it. Um, but it um, would be interesting to see if you get any of the other uh, NASCAR guys to want to give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, I am guarantee you'll see Priest there. Uh, I would uh, I would safely assume that Numa would want to participate as well. It's always great when he yeah. when he gets into our series and, puts again, puts more eyes on our, yep. our fields. Um, it doesn't do anything but help, and he's always fun to race against. He's hard-nosed and uh, aggressive, and he fits right in with the modified guys. So, uh, I mean, other than that, I don't know. It, it's, there's not that many teams anymore that really just have, um, you know, driver owners where there's extra cars. A lot of these yeah. teams are family-owned. So, I mean, you never know who might put something together, but, um, you know, it'd be nice to get definitely those two and, you know, maybe a, a few others. But, uh you know, I don't know. I think some of these guys are scared of modified racing, they say. So uh, we'll see if they, uh, if they want to come have some fun with us. Well, it would be – I would think Martinsville would be the place to do it if they're going to do it. I mean, it's a short track. So uh, it would be kind of fun. But uh, you guys have a, a whole month off. You're not back in action until uh, Riverhead on July the 6th, which is um, an interesting break in your schedule. Um, what do you do for a month – and do you maybe go and run some SK stuff or just uh, kind of work on the race car and get it ready to go to Riverhead and then uh, the All-Star Shootout and uh, the big one at New Hampshire in July? Yeah, we uh, the way the rainouts at Stafford ended up working out, we did race uh, pretty much four times in a month. So yep. um, it, it is nice to 
for for Ryan and, and the guys. Up, you know, our cars are based in Connecticut, so I don't really get up there too often. But uh, it is nice for Ryan and the guys to get a little bit of a break and, and regroup. We did race twice in four days, so they got to uh, go through both cars and you know do the full maintenance and just go through everything. And um, you know, obviously, Wall Stadium was a tough one for us. So for Ryan to be able to catch his yeah. breath here and not have to rebuild the car again. Uh, it is nice, and we can, um, you know, enjoy some time off. Everybody can spend it with their families. You know, these these uh, May and June months are tough for a lot of fans and fa- and family to, you know, to travel with graduations and communions and all the different things that take place in this time of year. So uh, it is a nice little break, and uh, it's even better that the next one is uh, at our home track. So we don't have to travel here for probably yep. almost six or seven weeks. Still loud, and um, so we'll be we'll have everything uh, both guns loaded for each of the next two races with both cars and. Um, we're excited to, uh, to, you know, catch a little break here. Unfortunately, honestly, it comes at a bad time when you have a second and a first. So you'd like to keep racing, but, uh, I won't do any other racing. Uh, I've been trying to work on maybe something for the ice club 300 this weekend, but, uh, it's already Monday night and haven't put any deals together. So, uh, we just, uh, kind of hang out at home, relax, take some time off, uh, go watch some races at Riverhead if we're around on the weekends, but, uh, just kind of get back in the workflow and, you know, kind of catch up on work before the summer stretch here comes and we got to take a million days off. Yeah. Yeah. Cause once it hits, obviously it's a, it's a busy couple of months for you uh, for sure. Once uh, July hits, it's uh, it's a busy stretch run. Okay. We know you have a bunch of people that uh, help put this all together for you and keep you on the racetrack running for wins and championships. So uh, give you a couple of minutes here to talk about them. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, we've been with uh, Ken and Janine Massa from M3 Technologies now for our 10th season together. It's the only team I've ever driven for, and very appreciative of everything we've been able to uh, do together and for them to keep this deal going and, and always there to support me 100%. And all the guys on the team that led by Ryan Stone and, and all the pit crew guys and just the whole team that uh, sacrificed all their time and, and their families for all that they uh, sacrificed to allow them to go chase their, their dreams with us and have some fun on the weekends and uh, obviously, Phoenix Communications, ClearCom IT, uh, Fury Race Cars, LFR, Robert Yates Racing Engines, just everybody, all our product sponsors, everybody that uh, is behind us with uh, with their support. And um, it's um, it, it takes a lot, and everybody gives up a lot of their time and effort, and we really appreciate all of them, and I uh, can't do it without any of them. Okay, we got about a minute here, a little over. I, I want to throw this out to you because I asked Doug the same question. Obviously, a lot of conversation about you know, the merger between Troyer and LFR, the new partnership. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And does it really uh, affect too much of what you're doing uh, with your season going on? Uh, I don't really have much of an opinion on it. Um, I just leave it up to Ryan Stone. And uh, he's, uh, you know, bringing great race cars to the track each week. And uh, we got a great program right now. So uh, it it all goes back to what Ryan thinks is best for the team. He's, uh, he's been involved with these race cars, uh, since the beginning days. And, um, I trust him fully to make the right decision. So, um, whatever Ryan and, and Ken decide, I'll be there with, uh, with my helmet and whatever we got to drive, we'll drive. Well, that's a, it's a great way to be. And, uh, certainly coming off a, a second and a first, uh, you're on a momentum roll and now you get a month to think about it before you come back to your home track and try to keep it going. Thank you as always, Justin, for taking some time to pop on with us and talk racing uh, with us and our fans. And we look forward to having you back again real soon as we get into that summer stretch. 
Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure to be on. It means we're doing good things, and uh, hopefully we can get a couple more wins and come back on and talk to you guys. You got it. Look forward to it. All right, that's Justin Monsignor, and uh, we are going to step aside. When we come back, we've got our lightning round, and boy, have we got some lightning to talk about. We got Lightning F1, we got Lightning Cars Tour, we got uh, a thrilling IndyCar finish. We're going to do it rapid fire style when we come back here to the Lead Lap Radio on the Performance Motorsports Network and Race Chaser Media Facebook Live. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here in Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council. Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to Legal App Radio, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Also want to 
say a special thank you this evening to our friends at mycomputercareer.edu training for a better life. If you are looking for a career change or maybe just looking for a career uh, and just to do something different, IT might be a good choice for you and it costs you nothing to figure it out. Go to mycomputercareer.edu. There's a free career evaluation test. You can take it if you feel like you're a good fit for a career in IT and that excites you. Then uh, they've got financial aid available for those who are eligible, including the GI Bill. And, oh, by the way, they've got seven campuses across the USA or you can do it online. Doesn't even have to be a full-time thing. You can do it a few days a week. Uh, and in as little as four months, you could be uh, in a position to fill one of the two million vacancies that we have right now, unfilled jobs in cybersecurity. Here's the deal. You don't have to be a pro at math and science. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. Oh, yes, they do work with hundreds of employers so that once you are prepared to be out in the workforce, they will do their best to help make sure that you can wind up in a good position. With that, we come back, we talk about, uh, well, a lot of things, really. This is our lightning round. Randy Miller continues to be alongside me here in the Race Chaser Studios. Chris Murdoch over there punching buttons and talking on the mic whenever uh, he feels so inclined. And uh, I'm going to get uh, group involved here, I think, for this. First of all, uh, lots of topics to cover here. But for the Cars Tour, which is going to be my initial lightning round topic, I know, Chris, you may have something to say about this. Another thrilling finish in the cars to a race at langley larry larry king's let's see larry king laws langley speedway over the weekend deke mccaskill getting a win after uh an interesting uh, on track i don't want to call it a confrontation just good hard racing uh but uh, bobby mccarty and lane, lane riggs getting together and who comes out with a win the veteran deke mccaskill just a, a good run for him. Yeah, it was really good. And uh, I will uh, say another thing. Josh Berry needs a bubble. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, he's either winning or something's happening. You're right. He needs a bubble. He needs a bubble. And there there were a couple good stories in there. Adam yeah. Lemke getting, yeah. getting fourth. You know. Berry's it was teammate. A, yeah, it was, it was a really, really good race. Deke coming out with the win is always good. Uh, you know, I always enjoy talking to Deke when we get to go to the, the tracks. He's such, he's such an old school guy he is. When, when it comes to racing and, and how he approaches it. So to see him get the win was amazing. Yeah, definitely a very, very uh, good race for the Cars Tour. And, of course, uh, going to Dominion Raceway up in Virginia in a couple of weeks. That's going to be their next stop. We turn now and hit for a moment. IndyCar, IndyCar, of course, uh, at Texas, and a thriller of a finish. Joseph Newgarden ended up beating out Alex Rossi for the win. I feel like this is starting to be a nasty little habit for Rossi. He he's this close. He's going to be bridesmaid. I feel like for for it's it's like second second. He just can't quite get the win. But man, again, continuing to show his talent. It sucks to be named Alex right now. <laughs> Bowman yeah, can't Bowman, win a race yeah. to save his life. Lots and of Rossi seconds. can't win a race to save his life. Yeah. Uh, but man, Newgarden is is he's going to be hard to beat this year. I think. I mean, he's he's got he, his his stock is going up. So. Well, it's interesting for me because I sort of feel like that it's it's kind of a, um, 
a Penske story so often, and yet, you know, here's Alex Rossi. He keeps trying to interrupt the party, you know, crash the party, but he, he can't quite get there. But I, I thought, for the most part, a good race at Texas. And, and the thing for me that um, that becomes obvious here is that IndyCar – I believe Justin Bonson, you were talking about the modified tour being in a good place. I think IndyCar is in a good place right now. Mm-hmm. Lots of talent in that series um, and certainly putting on good shows everywhere they go. So uh, a good run for Joseph Newgarden getting the win and a good run for Alex Rossi to be second. We quickly move to F1. <laughs> and, well, another penalty that uh. Uh, we talk about this time for somewhat of a kind of sort of pass in the grass sort of um and you know this this is one of those deals where everybody's you know slamming sebastian vettel and saying well it's his fault he should have done that or whatever he made an unsafe move um it's i don't easy know to that say he had when much you're choice. not the one in the car though yeah. i mean everybody does even in nascar they do that oh well he should have you know, whatever, but you weren't the one behind the wheel of the car. So you, it, you can't make those. It's a split-second thing to have to make. And it, it sucks that, that F1 has to have, a, you know, a group of people that, you know, a private eye investigators yeah. to investigate every little move of the, you know, because it's the same thing. It's a bunch of corporate people sitting in an office somewhere going, oh, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't look right. Let's investigate that. Instead of letting the drivers have their own yeah, it seems situation like and handle it their own way. Every time a driver makes a move that either seems over aggressive or you know it's like every time we get a situation where somebody makes us go whoa you know they're wanting to investigate and levy a penalty and and a, and a time penalty basically is a is a death knell as far as a win because unless you can you know five seconds of time you gotta win by six seconds and that's hard to do especially if you're not a mercedes so you know, I think I think F1 basically took a win away from Sebastian Vettel and Ferrari that they should have had, and I think it's very it's getting very frustrating to watch that series anymore. You know, we saw um, we saw the was it Monaco I think with uh, um, with with, with uh, uh, Red Bull's driver there, and you know, and, and it's one of those deals where I feel like if you're, the name you were looking for is Max Verstappen. Thank you. I was waiting for one of you guys to save me there, but instead I'm drowning now. It's okay. Um, Max Verstappen's move at the end, again, I thought that was hard racing. Now he'd already had a five-second penalty for a, an earlier pit um, you know, miscue on, on Ferrari's or on the Red Bull's part, which I agreed with. But you know, to even think they had to investigate that, that move he made at the end, those two were racing and I wouldn't even challenge whether that was Vettel's fault or Hamilton's fault. And again, you know, um, same with Verstappen back at Monaco. It's, it's, it's very questionable. I let these guys race for crying out loud because it, it just takes all the fun out of it. When you know that every time something happens like that, that becomes an exciting moment from a fan perspective, you end up in a situation where it seems like there's a penalty being talked about. And it's like, well, they don't even want these guys to race. They just want them to follow each other around. And it changes the outcome of the race. Right. Because, you know, but um, he got his revenge because he took the P1 P1 (laughs) stick or the P1 flag and stuck it in front of his car. That was pretty funny. I just, I just feel like, again, that would, that, 
that whole thing didn't need to happen. No, and it didn't. you know, it's very disappointing that uh, we get into that situation where we feel like we always have to be levying a uh, a penalty for for moves that are slightly out of the ordinary or you know hair raising or whatever it's like that should be part of part of the race as far as i'm concerned so um black flag for formula one on that one because i think that was quite ridiculous okay um we'll come back home uh, to the cup race back to most recent uh race that just ended a little while ago joey logano getting the win um Looking at Daniel Suarez in the 41, we were talking about, we've been talking about him a little bit because, you know, is he going to be back next year? Is he going to be back beyond next year? What's the situation with him and that team? Um, Nice fourth place run today. Randy, does this uh, maybe make you feel a little bit more like, okay, we're we're going in the right direction here. We may see Daniel back in that car for next year and the following year. Well, you know what's disappointing is the fact that he – he got booted out of Gibbs because he wasn't good enough in that car. And, you know, we've we talked so many times about how you you got to let these guys have a couple of seasons on a ride before you can start kicking them around. I mean, he's still fairly not new to, to NASCAR, but he's new to the oval scene because when he was racing in Mexico, it was, it was mainly all, road yeah, courses. Exactly. So, I mean, we're going to Sonoma in a couple of weeks. I feel yep. like that's his best chance to win, and I feel like he's probably going to win that race. If he doesn't, he will be mm. a, easily a top-five car. Um, based on just a performance of, day, to, of today, having that momentum now going to a track that is familiar to him in terms of a road course-type track, if he wins, even if he doesn't win, if he starts getting better – um, and, and getting the top fives and, you know, even the, the top twos and threes, he doesn't have to win races because right now, as as a case in point today, he's better than his other teammates. And there's nobody in the Stuart Haas team right now that's grand, fantastic. I mean, Harvick is doing okay, well, but the other two aren't doing that great either. So, I mean, it's not like the same situation where, like it gives, where you have three drivers who have won races, but poor Eric Jones is not, or in Penske where – Legano and Brad have won, but Blaney has not. I mean, nobody on the team right now is doing fantastic. So, But we go to opinion. Sonoma, as right. you said. Now, here's what's interesting right. about that. If you look at the drivers that are currently employed by Tony and Gene over there, uh, Kurt Busch is really good at Sonoma. Mm-hmm. Okay. Daniel Suarez is obviously a road course racer by nature. Mm-hmm. So... And we know Kevin Harvick can win Sonoma. And Boyer's won before, too. And boy, Yeah, so, so this is one of those situations where this is why I love this NASCAR season because we've had such a, um, a, a rivalry going, it seems like, even though it wasn't created as such by JGR and Penske. They've been doing most of the winning. You know, all of a sudden, we go to a track here where you think Stuart Haas, a road course of all places, could come out of its shell and suddenly become the team to beat just because the drivers they've got are really top-notch on road courses. And I don't feel like that team's been far off at all this year. They just haven't been winning like they usually have. But then again, you can only win seven or eight races in a year so often. You know, Kevin Harvick had to have a season sooner or later where he kind of starts out chilly um, but something tells me that Sonoma could be an entirely different situation. That's true, and I, I like the fact that we don't we don't sit here anymore and talk about road course ringers. We don't talk about guys coming in specifically just That's to a, run that one yeah. race and those you know your run fellows and the guys like that that used to be the threats to win every week. 
there's probably 25 guys in the field that that can win road course races and have gotten better over the years. Yep. I mean, Chase Elliott won last year. Um, it was it Watkins Glen he won? Yeah. Was it? Yeah, yep. Watkins it was Glen. his first ever. Um, yeah, his first ever win. Um, Alex Bowman has gotten better on road courses in recent years. Um, Eric Jones, Jimmy Johnson's won on road courses. I mean, there's tons of guys now that aren't no longer road course ringers. Any of those guys can win on a road course. Yeah, so. that's what makes it so interesting now. But you're right. I was talking to someone about that over the weekend, about the lack of of ringers that we bring in anymore. You still see some of the lower teams once right. in a while Xfinity do that. Xfinity and, and, yeah. and trucks do it. But, but even in Cup, you'll still see maybe one mm -hmm. or two of the lower teams hire a, an ace. But for the most part, it's the regulars now, and it should be fun a week off for the uh, Cup Series trucks. Day. at um, Trucks running at uh, Iowa next oh. week, however. So it uh, should be a lot of fun. Are they the premier race this week? Because Xfinity runns on uh, – or does Xfinity run on – Saturday. Uh, I think it's trucks on Friday. I think it is Xfinity on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, the yeah, premiere, because right. Sunday's Father's Day, so yeah. they all have Father's so have, Day. Yep, yeah, exactly. Okay. So it will be interesting to see what happens as we now, I believe this was Daryl Waltrip's last race today. Nope. Sunday. Next, uh, oh, Sonoma, next Sunday. Sonoma, or two weeks. From Sonoma. Okay. Sonoma's the last Sonoma race for the last one. Yep. Okay. So we will certainly send him off and find style. What a way to go out in the Napa Valley of California. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I could have yep. picked a better race for that to happen. Exactly. With that, we are out of here for another night. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Thanks to all the folks from PMN Radio. And uh, also, of course, to Chris Murdoch for doing such a great job punching buttons over there. For Randy Miller and myself, Tom Baker, that's it for Lead Lap Radio for the evening. Thanks for being with us. We look forward to being back next week. Have a safe week, everybody. Get out to a racetrack and have some fun. God bless and good night. You've been listening to Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Lead Lap Radio is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.